0: Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers Podcast, brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are, ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. You think we're ever going to start a podcast where it's actually like serious? Where We're, we're, we're like, like, welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast where we discuss, do you think we're ever going to do that? Or we're just going to jump into like nonsense for the first 30 seconds and hope that people stay
1: with us. I'd like to think that one day we'll be serious, but pretty much the beginning of all my conversations with all my friends and family, just begin with utter nonsense for about five to 10 minutes before we find ground and
0: semblance of ourselves. So probably Uh, not. Probably not. Yeah. It's like in part of the interruption, they end it. we're like, we'll try to do better next time. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) It's just like, just an interruption. That's all it is.
0: Oh, well, if you keep listening, then maybe you like this nonsensical banter about channeling cats and (laughs) all that other stuff. In any event, eventually we get down into something, right? It can't can't be all serious all the time, dude. Yeah, that's right. That's so true. I was talking to someone the other day and um, I could sense like in their responses how upset and, and angry they were. And then at some point... They, they said something like semi-funny, you know, and I was like, oh, they're back, you know, because like this sense of humor is like the first thing to go when when life starts beating you up. And once fun. you get a little sliver of it back, it's like, oh, yes, they're in there somewhere. Still there. Still there. Um, cool. So we're going to talk about uh, how people can actually move, move much faster in their personal development with actual support is that true guy shocking Shocking. no no say it ain't so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: say it ain't so because i have figured out how to do so many things on my own and every time i talk to someone about doing something they do it worse um not as good as me and it just (laughs) irritates me and frustrates Mm -hmm. me so like why even bother praise be
1: (laughs) preach Imagine that was our whole podcast. Like all we did was tell people to be viciously independent, not ever listen to anybody at all. And just be like, you, you are, that's it. You are the only answer. You are the only truth. You are the only reality. Everything else is bullshit. Don't tell all your friends. Exactly. It was like, we should just rebrand as like the full ego podcast. Like we just teach people how to only be in their ego. Talk about an about face on the industry.
0: That'd be funny. Mm -hmm. Detrimental, but funny. Yeah. Go ahead, tell them both that, that, that could be like a good Halloween or uh, April uh, Fool's spoof. We should yeah. earmark that. that we be, have now we, pivoted we, and created a new program. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but something truly that we have uh, witnessed time and time again, uh, both for ourselves, obviously it started with ourselves, and then uh, with, with clients and people that we work with, is this thing that I think personal development tends to isolate. And even though, you know, you might go to a seminar or whatever it might be, but a lot of that actual work uh, that we tend to do on ourselves is very solo, very independent. Um, you know, you're reading books by yourself, you're watching videos by yourself, you're, your practices, you have like practices that are all around you and self. And um, then people come to us and they're like, well, I don't understand why I can't heal this thing or I don't understand why this thing keeps coming back and one of the first things that we look at is like well you know what what are your daily practices and I don't know that I've ever met anyone that when we first talked to them about daily practices they were like well I I sit in meditation with this group or I have a daily practice where I actually sit in presence with someone like I don't know that anyone outside of our community would ever and give that answer to to others. Um, I've I've just noticed people. There must be some human conditioning
1: here, right? Like uh, it, it's like dieting or exercising. Like people rather do like a thirty day challenge. Yeah. Lose ten pounds and then they kind of go back to their old habits instead of instead of looking as a diet as like something you do for a short period of time. Is you know when it's healthy, it's a it's a lifestyle change. Yeah. You know, you do, you do the right thing 80-90% of the time and you do the quote-unquote wrong things, the defilement things 10-20% of the time. And it's funny when we think about our just overall well-being picture, people don't look to habituate it. Most of the time they look for intense experiences, you know, two, three-day pops. Hey, let's get that big pop and let's ride that wave instead of using that pop to... You know hopefully even with us, same thing with intensive diets like keto or paleo or whatever else people might be doing or um you know fasting or whatever it might be, hopefully most people are using that as a springboard to change their habits and, and create daily practices and create that cultivation of well-being, not just uh, the physical posturing. And I think spirituality is exactly the same. Either you're gonna cultivate a practice and and learn, you know, right view, so to speak, uh and how to practice on a daily basis, or you're going to look, you're going to try to be a weekend warrior, do your, uh, you know, one or two events a year, um, feel really good about yourself for a few weeks, maybe a few days, and then kind of slip back into old habits. And that's why support starts becoming so important, why we structure so much of our, our programs and our community structures uh, around these things. So, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely worth a uh, deep dive on.
0: Yeah. You know, you were mentioning diets and I was even thinking about that, like, Everything from intermittent fasting to uh, keto uh, to anything like that, there's always a, I'm going to call it a ramp up period. I don't know if they call it a ramp up period, but like the first two to four weeks of transitioning into any of those, it's not about the quick fix. In fact, like the first two weeks, most of the time when you go through these kind of lifestyle changes are awful. Like people feel God Awful. You 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 can get flu-like symptoms. You can get sick. Uh, you can have pounding headaches. Like it's not fun because you're basically shifting the pattern of what your body has been doing for you know for most of us decades and decades. So, but in the long run, right? It's like you're you're recycling the system to start working on a different cycle, which will actually create longevity. And so spirituality, yeah, is actually very, very similar. And I think when people look for the quick fix, feel good thing, um, it hardly ever lasts. Like, I I don't know if it ever lasts.
1: Well, also on that note, right? Like when you, um,
0: sorry, what did you say about the quick fix there? I had a little thing I wanted to add in there. I was saying that like in the beginning, it's just really painful for people.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, so the same thing, right? Like when you initially, like, let's say you want to get a kick coffee or take sugar out of your diet, like you said, you're going to go through usually days of like some kind of headache or like physical discomfort in your body. But it also goes to show you um, how the system works. It's like when you take pause, when you give it that moment, you don't do the same negative habit over and over again. The first thing the body does is it's it's not like you're telling your body, I'm not going to have coffee today. It, It doesn't know to prepare itself for that release but again when you stop and this is again spiritually equivalent or parallel for sure when you stop there's a release in the body yeah and so there's something there to look at and let's kind of expand and explore like this phenomenon of stopping also resourcing right because when you if you're gonna um, for example do like a 10-day fast right when that's over you also want to create a resource for the body because not only right. have you given it opportunity to cleanse itself, but you're also um, probably didn't feed the gut biome, for example. So you need to go get like uh, you know proper things to rebuild that bacteria up because. So so in spirituality, it's the same. It's like if when you take pause, like things naturally arise in the system. They may feel like discomfort. But as those things release and come out of the system, what you're left with is this feeling of well-being, of health, of stability, all these things that a lot of people don't experience when they continue to do a lot of uh, negative negative habits in their
0: lives. Yeah, so I want to just pivot it to, because I I do find that that's kind of like true for everything. Uh, Even when you start working out, right? Like, And and you get serious from, I haven't really worked out, to, okay, I'm going to take this seriously and work out. Man, those first two, three weeks of working out Awful. Awful. Physically, emotionally, mentally, it's awful. Because, like, first of all, you realize how out of shape you are when you start to actually work out. So there's this, like, mental thing of, like, wow, you just feel so disgusted with yourself. Then everything hurts. It doesn't matter what you work out. Like, for the next two, three days, just you're in so much pain, right? And it takes kind of the body to reawaken itself to this in, like, three weeks to go, oh, that... And so using that kind of same idea you know the work that we do here we're not interested in giving you a quick fix we talk about this all the time like This work is not about making you feel good. And what we mean by that is like, give you that high of like, oh my God, I'm right, I feel so good. Because we know what that's inevitably gonna lead to, which is a crash and you're gonna feel shitty. And then you're gonna blame us and the technology and the work and all that kind of stuff, right? Inevitable. What we're more interested in is, can you actually learn a capacity to be with that which is? And the only way that we have seen that people can sustain that level of growth is first and foremost to deal with our inability to receive support. Like, I want you to consider that support, the energy of support, and we can talk about what that actually means, but the energy of support is one of the most resourcing things for the human body. And we have been so cut off from receiving this resource and medicine, if you will, that when, when it comes at you at the beginning, it's like that part of you has been so atrophied, you can't even see it. You can't even feel it. In fact, you will fight against it when, when the, when the uh, thing first starts. Like We have people in our higher-end programs, and they'll, they'll tell you, When Guy and I stand for them or their coaches stand for them or other people in the the community or in their program stand for them while they're kind of in it, right? They don't notice it at first, but like they do everything to resist that support. They will literally do the craziest, wonkiest things. I mean, Guy and I did it too. So uh, to push away support, because if we actually received support and actually had like Uh, an opening to, to allow it in, it would break up every story that you have about other people. And that story. story you've been holding on for so long that you don't want that story to be nullified, right? Like it's so much easier to just live in that story because it's listen, it's what, you know, it's what you've learned to survive. It's what's safe. So that first, like two, three weeks, when we're talking about like, muscle atrophy and it being painful and all that stuff it's like wow can i actually open up to receive support from this other person and that takes i mean listen it took me way more than three weeks uh it's taken me years and years and years to even perceive that it's there um and we'll talk about the magic of of actually receiving it but is there anything you want to throw in there about that
1: yes i agree you know like you know (laughs) If you call any part of our story into question, it calls the entire story into question, right? Like it's, I, like, it's I mean, it gets called it's, into question. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, there's a linchpin or a keystone, right? That's holding this whole support system up together. If one domino drops, then there's, a, there's not only a question that's left in the system, but immediately it's like peeling down uh, like the unknown. Okay, well, if that's not true, then who am I? What am I? How do I respond to things? How do people know me in this world? And so inevitably it's like... Um, recently somebody showed me this map and they kind of put this like arc over here of like, you know, you, grow, you know when you go through like a transformative process and then you like peek through the clouds, right? And so like every time you get a peak above the clouds, like above where your head was before, inevitably all the parts down here get agitated, <laughs> right? Like they have to, because like there's this new view and that means that everything that these parts stand upon is now shaky because this is not the view that they're used to. And so, so every time you go into higher states, it's going to bring up this old, these old patterns and shake them up like that. And that's been a lot, I think probably what I've been going through the last few months, I say it's like a huge peak, like a really big view. And then everything that was stable, that felt good, even things that felt good come into question. Right. But there's always another level. And if this is true of any master or teacher that you will speak to. They'll say the moment there's complacency or you think that you've like arrived at something um, that in itself becomes the ego that in itself becomes the trap, you know, like uh, even really profound gifts that come online for people. If you get attached to them, they become the trap. Right. And so there's always that game that we're all playing. It's like higher states, something's coming online. And the system kind of like naturally attaches to that as like this next point of, safety this next point of reference and then of course you keep practicing and it gets shakier and the more foundation um, that you can set for yourself the bigger of the experiences you can have and the more the system can let go of and so you know there this this game of modulation um keeps happening but you know like our our senses and what we have learned and what we teach over and over again is that for us it seems just just clear that even if you take it at the level of biology and physicality as a, the human race it, and, and really all of nature is, is bound through cooperation. Like evolution happens through cooperation. And so we are biologically built for connection with others. We say this all the time. It's like the worst thing you can do to a human being is put them in isolation, you know, in the, in the holding tank by themselves. And we know that. We know that intuitively. We know that's the greatest punishment. And the reason for that is you're cutting them off from any sort of interaction with another human being. Uh, look at homeless people on the streets right? Mm-hmm. That, that speak to themselves, that develop uh, schizophrenia or sociopathic tendencies and start speaking to themselves because the system is that much longing for connection that will uh, literally yeah. split the identity in two and, and, you know, feign or pretend or have the illusion of having a conversation with somebody to the point where literally they are having it out loud because they're, they're living in that. And so probably what we're calling... Schizophrenia is really a reaction to a lack of safety in the system, and that deep of a desire to connect with another. Um, uh, that movie Castaway with um, uh, with Tom Hanks and and, when, and Wilson does such a good example of that, right? Like just such a lonely place that he will literally created, you know, a figment of his imagination around this ball and that. I watched that movie a few years ago and I walked into, I think I've told you this once, like I walked into uh, the room with uh, my wife, my wife was doing laundry and I was started crying and she's like, babe, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just saw Away,' away And I like bawl my eyes out when like Wilson fell in the water, you know, because it's, it doesn't matter. Like we, we attribute personification to anything in our lives, to things, to stuffed animals, to our pets. And, you know, it's like we, we literally longingly desire to connect. So, yeah if we make that part of our awareness practice and not just, and it's not just like a connection from where a lot of people do it, which is their distortions. Cause a lot of us are like feeling scarce or disconnected. And then they they connect to, they feel unhealthy and they connect to other unhealthy people or there, there's like not a healthy relationship between the two people or not like an authentic connection between the two people. And so They are not, they're like actually reinvigorating their negative patterns because they're trying to connect from this um, unhealthy place with people that they've already created these patterns with that loop them in their identity, loop them in their trauma because that's really what our trauma does. Our trauma is not trying to hurt us over and over again. It keeps arising over and over again as a function of this mechanism that's trying to heal itself. Because the the body isn't, real quick, the body is in self-repair all the time all the time it's constantly looking for ways to repair emotionally physically uh energetically and so again like if we want repair to happen in our system we want to make sure that when we are connecting with systems we're connecting with other healthy systems that know how to mirror energy and and uh the and consciousness and awareness and presence back to us in a healthy way. And this actually, this mirroring actually uh, gives a pathway for our system to exit the pattern and drop itself into a new awareness that it would not have been able to see otherwise. And it, you, in our opinion, and Elon, correct me if I'm wrong. Like we, we have not seen that happen for people really in any other way. Like there's only so much healing you can do on your own, but like to go all the way through with the healing for the parts that you literally don't know how to touch within yourself by yourself because you don't, you just don't have that information in your system. It, there's a absolute requirement, not even like a recommendation, requirement to connect with another system to see that aspect of yourself.
0: Yeah. So the the what you're pointing to is like, I realize like people are actually looping and attracting to themselves a certain person that keeps in place the story that they have about being left alone, about being left da- let down, about people not being there for them, like whatever it is, it's like because the part wants to be seen and witnessed and healed, it will literally keep calling to it um, the same people over and over and over. And one of the things that we have noticed time and time again is this being witnessed while we're going through that level of uh, pain is not the word, discomfort, right? Like heartache. Aloneness, whatever it is, like those are the moments that most of us lock ourselves away because it becomes not safe to be out there with people. So when someone leaves you, maybe it was a friend, a lover, or a, you know, whatever it might be, an opportunity, it doesn't matter. Like, but when you're left with that sinking feeling, the last thing you want to do. Is actually go out and reach out to someone because you've just been burned by someone. So it's like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make sense to our system. It's like, I can't possibly have someone else tell me that they're not going to be there for me because that's really going to break me. And what we've noticed is that when we are witnessed in that uh, discomfort by someone, who can hold us in a way where they have a template that is both grounded, it has well being. That's medicine for your system. Like the healing that you most want. And this is where people go so wrong. It's like when we're in those places, what do we do? We lock ourselves away. We we literally take ourselves out of connection and we bury ourselves and we don't come out till we have put ourselves together, right? Like I can't let people see me brokenhearted like this. I can't let people see me grieving like this. I can't let people see me in so much pain. Like they're all going to leave. Like they're then I'm going to lose everybody when in those moments. And this is, I kind of, kind of always like flip the tables on people. It's like, The times that you were able to be there like that for a friend, almost like when, you know, like sometimes we're in these situations where we have no choice and like people are just around, maybe it's like a death or something and like people are around us. The times that you were able to be there like that for someone, wasn't it super rewarding for you to be able to just sit there, even if you didn't know the thing to say or what to do, but you were simply there to just like hold them and be with them so they're not going through it alone. And you just let them know, like, I'm here. That's it. That's simple. I'm here for you. I know that we've all experienced it. So like, I I know you guys can feel like how, what a gift that is to give to someone. And yet, so people are willing to do that for you. Tons of them. And we don't trust that. And so every time you're going to go against your human nature, which is to isolate and bury yourself and do all of your you know, normal solo person things, if every time you actually caught yourself in that moment and go, you know what, I'm just going to reach out for help right now. Just literally the act of saying, I am going to reach out for help, like that act begins a completely different cycle in your life. Like that actually starts to create that pattern. And what we've noticed is when you sit with people who are able to hold and witness these parts that you're ashamed of or try to hide from others or whatever, and and receive you, yeah. And receive you, your system basically drinks in this medicine. And it's not like a mom or dad support where you're like, I'm there for you, son it's it's like a deeper energetic connection of being seen and held and witnessed and it is the most uplifting uh i don't know there's there's there's, it's almost like you find a piece of yourself that you never knew was in there when you're in these places of connection and that piece of yourself that you find never goes away that's the beauty like that's how this work lasts forever because Every time you take one of those steps, it is literally reprogramming yourself from the inside out without you having to think about it or understand it or anything like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I get the sense. Like when I said, it's like, it's like that part of me just didn't know it was okay to be there and to be witnessed. And there's just something so powerful in that relief. And then I think we're with the next part where I see people get stuck um, and definitely took me some time to get with the program was this, um, like, does this happen to you often where you're in a process? Like you, you get into disassociation.
0: It doesn't, I I don't have that experience. I was actually saying this on a call, like truly for me, before the pattern was okay, I'm stuck let me figure it out. Right. And I would like reach for books or notebooks or something to like find that, you know, parable or whatever. That's going to be like, Oh, that's the thing. Yeah. Then that stopped working. And then I went into, okay, I'm just going to sit and meditate by myself. Like I'm just going to sit and meditate by myself. And that got me someplace, but also that has limitations. So now, honestly, like anytime I'm in one of these States and I feel out of balance, I feel, heart kicking up, whatever my, my literally my go-to is like, who can I reach out to just sit with me? I don't want understanding. I don't want information. I don't want anything. I just want to be seen and presenced. And that's what kind of stops me, I guess, from staying in it long enough to go through the disassociation. It's really like, it's so fast nowadays, again, because it took me years to open up to the fact that like support is the greatest medicine, The thing that I've been waiting for for like 20 years, all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, all I had to do is just like be with someone and sit with someone. I mean, not anyone, obviously, but like, you know, we have amazing people around us. And yeah, so I don't, I don't quite get into that disassociative place. Well, it makes
1: sense. uh, So I have a a curiosity about that a bit, but it makes sense that uh, what the, what the system wants is the love of the mother. Yes. And the protection of the father. Right. In in an attuned way. Right. So again, like if you guys are tracking this, like mom and dad, even if their bodies were there, most likely weren't attuned to you and like exactly the, the need you had as a child, because they're not attuned. Like we haven't been, we have not been taught energetic attunement. And so there's a longing in the, the the adult system as much as there is a longing in the child system, because the system doesn't change how it works, is, is to to have that, to find... And then the system kind of down-regulates and settles down, and relaxes, and the energy can move through the system. And that's exactly how it works when we're born and zero to seven years old and the child's upset. It just needs it needs the protection and, and the warmth of the mother, right, to... So, to down-regulate and go through the experience energy that's a, that's his system. I guess my curiosity is I wonder if with attachment systems, with one being avoided and one being anxious, if the way that the healing occurs is different because I, I do often find myself in, in a disassociative experience. And for me, like disassociation is more of a, a feeling. It's not like, it doesn't feel like I'm not well, but it used to be like, oh, this is happening. And I used to kind of be like, is this okay? And I see a lot of our clients go through that too. They're like, oh my God, this experience is it feels like you're like coming out of your head, basically like you're not in your body so, to some extent, but it's like, again, that kind of makes sense that the body would do that because the identity is an association. Yeah. Right. Like you're, you're associated with a part. And so in order to get a clean look and for it to resolve y- your view, literally has to disassociate and the part has to be seen not as part of you, but as an object that you're viewing. Yeah. Like, so, you know, you're the subject watching the object and, and, go read any you know spiritual book like that's that's the view right like you want to be able to get to that subjective objective view and not be directly integrated with the object and so for me uh oftentimes i'll get like balloon heads right it almost feels like not a sick head i don't know how to describe it it's like i took a substance and i'm no longer here um and so now i've had to like really learn to like lean into those experiences almost get excited about them because it's like a, it's like an energy i've never experienced before so the first the first response my body has is this isn't okay. Mm. Like this, you know, it's like, Oh my God, we're like, I, I'm, I'm changing state. Why is that? You know, or something like that. And i and I really mean it. It feels like I've drank something or I've taken wow. a pill of some kind and I'm, and I'm literally going into an altered experience. And so the body is like, it's like anything you take. If you've ever taken a substance your first time, you're like, Oh shit, is this okay? Is this going to kill me? Like you don't, you don't have any way to regulate the system because you have n- no re- point of relativity with this thing. And so I just have to kind of like trust that my body is not hurting me and knows what it's doing. Like, I'm just sitting here, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and even now that regularly happens when I meditate, like I go to all sorts of different states and my curiosity, I'm like, God, oh, this is interesting. Um, and, and I think like slowly, slowly, I'm noticing that I'm entering states of like Samadhi, which is just like, I'm sure you know Francis too, like, like blissful mental and body sensations. Um, and then there's, okay, well, now that that's here, don't get attached to that. And don't create more effort in trying to get here. You know, it's like, it, ha- it, it, it never happens with an agenda, it ever. It only happens when I'm agenda-less, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, what I've been noticing recently, um, and we do, for those that are maybe new to us, uh, a lot of our work is, is focused on, uh, we have group field work, meaning like you sit in group in connection, plus you have one-on-one connection. So we're actually giving people both where you where you have both because what we realize is certain traumas, like n- very small amount of trauma that was created in your life, if any really, was created when you were in a room by yourself. Right, you're, you're not like inflicting trauma on yourself, right? So trauma happened either uh, in a one-on-one, like one to you, or group to you. And so the healing of these traumas also have to be met in the way that they were created, right? So if it was a group trauma, then you sitting even in one-on-one, as good as that might be, is not going to heal that all the way through. Like you want the healing field of the group. And something that I've noticed, the more I've opened to support of late, is this ability to feel the group field in a way that... Um, I'd never been able to feel it before. And another thing that um, has become very cool, and this has really only happened in the last like few months, is I used to drop into these states when we would sit in like a group field and I would only realize like how far I'd kind of gone down that energetic place as I was coming up, right? Because like sometimes when you like, are coming out of it. You can kind of like feel the layers that you've been through and you're like, wow, where the fuck was I? Right. Which is awesome. I mean, it's, it's a really cool feeling to, to have that. Cause you're like, wow. Like I was not, I was not on this planet, you know, now what's been happening. That's really cool. It's like, I'm actually witnessing the levels as I'm going through them down. So I will like feel a, a, A settling, and it's kind of this like layer. And then as I'm witnessing, witnessing, witnessing the layer, it like opens up, and I feel something shift, and it like drops into another layer. But I'm actually witnessing the sitting, the dropping, the sitting, the dropping, the sitting, the dropping, and I can actually have witness in the place, you know, where we've been kind of taught as like this awake, aware place. And it honestly, I sit sometimes and I just kind of like, not with my head moving, but like in my mind's eye, I look around the space that I'm at and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. (laughs) Like it's like blows my mind. And again, it all comes back to, I would have never known any of this or how to do any of this or practice any of this. If I wasn't sitting with practitioners who had gone there before me, like your body doesn't have a template of what that feels like looks like it does it's like take me there take you where right? like it has no gps and so when we hire people guy and i to sit with them and these people have been working at this for 10 20 30 40 50 years right like it's not that they need to necessarily say anything it's just that sitting in that connection our system Kind of like a child learns through mirror neurons, right? It's not, they don't learn what you tell them. They learn what they see you doing. What they feel you're doing really. Yeah. yeah. So this is the same thing. Like our system is also, when it sits next to someone, it kind of like tests and studies and this and that. And the more you sit with someone, the more safety you have it, around their system, the more you can lean in and learn from that system. And the more your system just, basically through osmosis, if you will, like takes on these things and it just, it goes there. And it's, it's the easiest, simplest, most profound way to have enlightened experiences versus just like talking about them and trying to figure out how to get there.
1: It's really about the sit, you know, like it would be very simple to create a program and be like, just sit here with me. But it's funny because Vipassana too, it's like the Buddha was like, just sit here and watch your breath. Yeah. It's not making it more complicated than that. It's like focus the mind, sit here. And so if we like really learned, I think the one caveat here is like the, the quality, the quality really matters, right? Like if, if, again, like as an example, if mom and dad were there for you, like physically, um, but you still have all these like ruptures and traumas, like the reason for that is they weren't in attunement. Yeah. So... Being with an attuned person is is really critical to this process because there's a quality of presence that you're looking for, and if somebody hasn't been trained in that quality of presence, then just having a body there is useful. When you're feeling traumatic, don't don't get me wrong. Like the physical body probably feels good if if that's how your system is organized. Like for me, like I really there's a a specific way. Like my system needs it. Like if you sit next to me and your energy is really intense, or like you or like if almost want to get physical, you know, contact with me, cause that's how your system is organized. Right. Like, um, a good example is like love languages. Like we all have different ways that we show our appreciation yeah. and love. So for one person's gift giving, like for me, like I, it's never how I think first, like I'm all acknowledgments and, and this and that. Like that's what really matters to me. And so, you know, a person that gives me a gift that might actually make me make my system feel off. So for some people, it's like, they really want touch when they're, when they're getting presents. Other people they are like, you better yeah. stay the fuck back. And so if you don't know those attunements for our system and you can't track or feel those things, then you really may not help the person and they may just be like, Oh, that was a waste of time. I don't want to sit here with this person. I don't want to be doing this instead of actually, um, cultivating that ground in the system. So those are all like the little, the little things, but it's funny to the subtle things like in every grade art of mastery, right? Like even in diet, I we always say this, like Losing weight is not a secret, even though there's a trillion dollar industry around it, you you know, eat right and and, and do some exercise and you're going to lose weight, you're going to be healthy. But for people who like have in depth 20, 30 years of practice in nutrition, health, they find these really nuanced things in there that take a really long time looking at the same thing to notice and realize those things. And they're, they're so subtle that your average person just looking at that equation would never notice those things. I'm sure it's in mathematics and physics and anything that's worth putting your time into music, right? Like little subtle things, um, are all the things that make the difference. And and that's ultimately like why you go get a coach because they're somebody who's like, you know, we've invested 20 years and uh, well over a million dollars. Like we've learned, really subtle things <laughs> like, and that's and those subtle things are really what make the quality of our lives better on a day-to-day basis instead of like the big huge insights that do come but like wisdom is not a function of something you read in the book that's understanding yeah. wisdom is something that comes out of your direct experience and so ultimately like if you really want to be a wise person you gotta you gotta put it in the time and you gotta cultivate it and you know of course if you have people around you that have done that work that's what a coach is for is to cultivate that work much, much faster. Like Elena and I don't intend that people who work with us get to the same place in 20 years. We intend that they get to the same place in 12 months, 24 months, something like that. And then it's like, okay, now let the games begin. But it's like, um, ultimately it's like, uh, we don't know where anybody's journey or path is supposed to take them. What we're here for is to, um, help them and guide them towards creating really solid foundation and cultivation in their practice. Once you have that, you can take on the world, like you can take on anything and your own experiences and your own soul and your own energy and your own mm-hmm. templates are going to be the guiding force of, you know, what you get to experience in this world, how you get to heal and, and what gifts you get to bring through. And that's, there is some, even though we're all the same and, part of the same collective energy. Um, there is a individuation in terms of how those gifts come online. And, and for each person, that's what makes it so special is like, we have our own templates and that's what we're, that's our gift to bring to the world. But if we don't have that foundation, it's, it becomes like too scary to even bring it forward. And
0: yeah, it's funny. You were mentioning Buddha and I was like, yeah, even in all those texts that you read, like people would approach the Buddha, right. And they would sit, with him or other masters and those masters would give him pointers and things to notice or focus on or shift awareness to. And like, it wasn't the same training for every single person, right? Cause like a certain person gets stuck here and another one gets stuck here. And so, I mean, guy and I have never ever believed in a one size fits all formula, right? And just whether we were teaching people how to build businesses, where we were teaching people how to market on Facebook, and whether we were doing spirituality, like this stuff is really customized and personal. And if you want to learn and experience that, like, there's only one way to do it. And that is really through putting your place, putting yourself in places that you can actually soak in that that type of field and energy. So, um, if you're listening to this, uh, we have an event coming up here In well, I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but, um, November 13th, 14th is our next live event. It's actually the last two day live event that we'll be hosting this year. After that event, we'll, uh, we'll kind of be going on a hiatus for the uh, remainder of the year. So. (laughs) I, I love that, you know, what's coming through is like, everyone always gets to the new year and they're like, okay, I, now I'm going to go and create all those things. But it's like, what about the energy that you are completing this year with? What about uh, having tools that are ready to be deployed in that new year? Like nothing magical is going to happen January when you write down your five goals and then look at them 11 and a half months later and go, fuck, I didn't do that again. Right? So If you're looking for that kind of structure, we have, it's beginning of November. So we'd still have, let's say about uh, eight weeks, roughly, right? Um, If you really want to take a deep dive, we have our level one program. This is level one of our emotional intelligence mastery program. When you register for the level one program, you actually get a free ticket to our live event, which is $297, okay? You get that for free. So for an additional uh, $200 over that price, so for $497, we have a program where you can go through six different modules and actually have a coach work with you for the next six weeks. Plus, you still get to come to the live event, either this one or, or one next year, whatever works for you, right? The the dollar to uh, weight ratio of something like this is just- Dollar to value. DTV. Dollar to, to, yeah, is, is, is beyond comprehension. Like it really is out of this world. We used to sell just the level one program for 4,500 bucks on its own. Okay? Now, here's the thing. We don't allow anyone into that program. Okay? Um, you must apply to the program because we are trying to figure out where you are on your path, and A, if this program is the right fit for you, first and foremost, and B, if we can support you to have the results that you actually want, right? Like, what are your long-term goals? What are your short-term goals? What's the thing that you're struggling most with right now? So you're gonna fill out a quick questionnaire. You're gonna get on a call, quick call with one of our uh, coaches, and they're going to be basically ask you a bunch of questions and just make sure that you're a fit to be in that program. If you are, you'll be uh, able to register. And again, for the price, to have six weeks of live coaching, plus being an amazing group, uh, getting the support and everything that we're talking about, and on top of it, get a free ticket for two ninety seven. Like, give yourself this gift, you know. Um, and if you've found that you resonate with the conversation and you've struggled and you've gotten stuck kind of like where we've been pointing, maybe it's just time to try something new, right? And it doesn't hurt to apply. You can figure out if this is a fit for you and then just take it from there. And, um, yeah, we'd love to see you in our community, exploring, experiencing, inquiring. So if there's anything ever that we can do to support you, please don't hesitate to ask. And, uh, yeah, Anything else you want to add there? Oh, perfect. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Oh, I, I didn't say the link. You put it up, but we didn't actually uh, say it. I did.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the application link is uh, soulsandseekers.com forward slash apply. And again, yet. that's applying for our level one mindset and emotional uh, mastery that Elon just laid out for you guys. Yeah, yeah soulsandseekers.com forward slash apply. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Love you very much. I'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.
0: Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. This is our private community where Old Souls and Seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show, so if it's making a difference in your life please share the love. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.